Journey to Pascha, Orthodox Spiritual Reflections on Great Lent, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of Australia. One book which is recommended reading during Great Lent is The Ladder of Divine Ascent by St. John Climacus. On this Sunday, devoted to the saint, Father Dimitri Kokinos, priest at the parish of St. Ioannis at Parramatta, explains the place of this special work in the lives of the faithful. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the fourth Sunday of Lent is devoted to St. John, the author of a very spiritual book, The Lad of Divine Ascent, one of the most influential Christian texts ever written. This book encourages us to ascend spiritually and describes spiritual stages. It describes various passions that we need to defeat and virtues that we need to acquire so as to reach our goal, which is to come to communion with God, to regain our wholeness and to find the state of glory properly belonging to our nature. In this short podcast, it is not possible to cover the whole book, but I would like to comment on some of the chapters that particularly resonated with me. Step one is renunciation. Every Christian is called to a life of renunciation. Jesus said, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. The book Ladder of Divine Ascent was written for monastics, and there is no doubt that monks and nuns are called in a very tangible way to renounce the world. Most of us are called to live in the world. We do need to realize that one of the really big dangers that hinders our spiritual progress is worldliness, where instead of giving priority to spiritual matters, the emphasis is on aspects of life that have no eternal value, money, looks, parties. For St. John, renunciation also applies to Christians living in the world. They need to strive not to have a worldly mindset and to be noble. This advice, his advice to those who are married and living amid public cares is as follows. Do whatever good you may, speak evil of no one, rob no one, tell no lie, despise no one and carry no hate. Do not separate yourself from the church assemblies. Show compassion to the needy. Do not be a cause of scandal to anyone. Stay away from the bed of another and be satisfied with what your own wives can provide you. If you do all this, you will not be far from the kingdom of heaven. Step four is on obedience. It is a very big blessing to find a virtuous and holy spiritual father we come to trust. We go there not only for confession, but for guidance and encouragement. If we only trust ourselves and never heed anyone's advice, it is inevitable that we will eventually make a mess of our lives. For St. John, obedience is rooted in humility. As he says, it is self-mistrust up to one's dying day in every matter, even the good. 
Step 5 is the very important topic of repentance. St. John says that repentance is the renewal of baptism and is a contract with God for a fresh start in life. He also says repentance is reconciliation with the Lord by the practice of good deeds contrary to the sins. Repentance is purification of conscience. Step eight is on meekness. The person who is meek is someone who is not angry. Interestingly, St. John gives advice to those who want to give constructive criticism to others. He says, You wish, or rather have decided, to remove a splinter from someone. Very well. But do not go after it with a stick instead of a lancet, for you will only drive it deeper. Rough speech and harsh gestures are the stick, while even-tempered instruction and patient reprimand are lancet. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, says the Apostle, not batter. St. John Chrysostom said something similar. He said, No matter how just your words may be, when you speak with anger, you ruin everything. It is true, no matter how boldly you speak or or how fairly you admonish, the Holy Spirit does not dwell where anger is, and cursed is the wrathful. Nothing wholesome can proceed where anger issued forth. Step nine is on not falling into remembrance of wrongs. In other words, on not feeling resentment and refusing to forgive someone who has wronged us. St. John wants us to completely uproot this passion from our hearts. He said, A true sign of having completely mastered this putrefaction will occur not when you pray for the man who offended you, not when you give him presents, not when you invite him to share a meal with you, but only when, on hearing of some catastrophe that has afflicted him in body or soul, you suffer and you lament for him as if for yourself. Step In step 10, St. John, as did Christ and all the fathers, wants us not to judge others. When we judge others, it is almost certain we do not truly know all the facts. St. John also said, Listen, listen to me, all you accountants of other people's faults. Listen well, for if, as it is written, it is true that... You shall be judged with the judgment you have used yourselves. He's quoting Matthew 7, 2. Then whatever sin of body or spirit that we ascribe to our neighbor, we will surely fall into ourselves. St. John is quite clear. He said, I have rebuked people who are engaged in slander and in self-defense. These evildoers claim to be acting out of love and concern for the victim of their slander. My answer to that was to say, then stop that kind of love, or else you you will be making a liar of him who declared, I drove away the man who secretly slandered his neighbor. That's from Psalm 100 verse 5. If As you insist you love that man, then do not make a mockery of him, but pray for him in secret, for this is the kind of love that is acceptable to the Lord. Step 15 is on lust and chastity. 
Importantly, on this topic, St. John not only encourages us to be vigilant and not allow unlawful sexual desires to grow inside us, these days we would say not to look at pornography, etc., but he wants us to defeat carnal lusts, replacing them with high spiritual states. He says as follows, A chaste man is someone who has driven out bodily love by means of divine love, who has used heavenly fire to quench the fires of the flesh. Step 16 is on the greed for more and more money. St. John says of this passion the following, Avarice is a worship of idols and is the offspring of unbelief. The miser sneers at the gospel and is a deliberate transgressor. The man of charity spreads his money about him, but the man who claims to possess both charity and money is a self-deceived fool. In other words, St. John is referring to the person who does not trust in the Lord and is anxious to make lots of money to secure his future. St. John believes that a person who is trying to make more and more money and who justify this by believing that he is doing this so that he can use his extra money to help people is in fact deluding himself. The true reason he is trying to make money is that he loves money. Step 23 is on pride. St. John says that pride begins where vainglory leaves off. Its midpoint comes with the humiliation of our neighbor, the shameless parade of our achievements, complacency, and unwillingness to be found out. It ends with spurning of God's help, the exalting of one's own efforts, and a devilish disposition. Step 25 is on humility. St. John puts it as follows. As soon as the cluster of holy humility begins to flow within us, we come, after hard work, to hate all earthly praise and glory. We rid ourselves of rage and fury, and the more this queen of virtues spreads within our souls through spiritual growth, the more we begin to regard all good deeds as of no consequence. Where there is humility, there will be no sign of hatred, no species of quarrelsomeness, no whiff of disobedience, unless, of course, some question of faith arises. It is interesting that he links humility with ridding ourselves of rage and fury. If we deeply try and discover why we become angry and irritated, there is a good chance we will discover it is because we have pride, because we feel entitled, we want our needs to be met rather than desiring to serve others. It is also interesting that he says, if we are humble, we will not fall into quarrelsomeness or disobedience, but adds that the exception to this is if a question of faith arises. A lot of quarrels are over small issues. However, on matters of faith, we are called to bravely stand up for our beliefs. Chapter 26 which is nearing the top of the ladder, is on the difficult virtue of discernment. St. John describes it as follows. One man's medicine can be another man's poison, and something can be a medicine to the same man at one time and a poison at another. For example, a spiritual father with discernment may give strict advice to one person and to another with the same query, he may be much more lenient because he sees the big picture, knows what that person can cope with. 
Step 27 is on stillness. We can find the same theme in the liturgy. During the liturgy on Holy Saturday we chant, Let all mortal flesh keep silent, and with fear and trembling stand. Let us ponder no earthly things. Step 28 is on prayer. Step 29 on dispassion. And the final step, step 30, is on faith, hope and love. And of course in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 we read, but the greatest of these is love. My brothers and sisters, through the intercessions of our Holy Father, St. John Climacus, may you all have a blessed and holy remainder of Lent, Holy Week and Pascha. That you have enjoyed this episode of the Journey to Pascha podcast. Please be sure to subscribe on your preferred listening platform and check out the Greek Orthodox Christian Society YouTube channel. Our website at lichnos.org, that's L Y C H N O S dot O R G, and our Orthodox Journey Facebook and Instagram sites for even more Orthodox spiritual content.